0: Hey everyone! Before we get into this week's episode, I want to let you know that me and my wife have come across an organization called Save the Children. Their website's savethechildren.org. And this organization, they help supply children in third world countries with proper medical attention. We made a donation, and I thought it'd be a cool thing since it's the giving season for the audience to possibly participate as well. If you have the ability to do so, anybody who donates to this organization to help these children out in these other countries, send us a screenshot of your receipt of your donation and we'll enter your name into a raffle that we'll do in the beginning of next year. We'll raffle off some pretty cool prizes for people who participate in this, but it's a season of giving and I thought it'd be really cool for us as the Confessionals family to maybe give back in a very focused direction of these children and these other countries receiving proper medical attention that's so desperately needed. So if that interests you, go ahead and check it out, savethechildren.org, make a donation and send us an email with a screenshot of your donation and we'll enter you into the raffle. Let's get to this week's show Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is the confessionals at the com. That's the confessionals at the com. Or go to the website the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the contact section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. And if you want to hear more shows every week, every Thursday we release a bonus show to members only on the website. So if you're interested in hearing more of the confessionals every week, go to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. And we are also offering emergency Preparedness Food. Listen friends, I take it very serious. Me and my wife have always been semi-preppers and then this year hit and we decided to really kind of kick it up a notch and take it serious and really started prepping a lot like we really, really do. And that's why we decided we were going to start offering emergency preparedness food to you as an audience because I thought if I'm doing it because I take it that serious, I might as well offer to the audiences as well. So all you got to do is go to preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com. And there you can get emergency supplies that last you up to 25 years shelf life. I'm talking about food. And if you get the four week supply of emergency preparedness food, we'll knock $100 off for you right there on the spot. And there's a lot of other good stuff on there other than food that you can get. So go ahead and check it out. Prepare with the confessionals.com. And before we get into this week's episode with Jim, I want to let you guys know we are dropping as of right now, we're releasing a new beard oil scent. We're offering it in beard oil, beard balm and even wax melts. It is called Krampus for the Krampus holiday season. And it's going to be a seasonal thing. So it is going to be a limited edition, limited time offer. So if you're interested in getting some beard oil supplies, beard balm, and even wax melts that smell like Christmas, go to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the store page, and you'll see it right there in the beard oil section. And I hope you enjoy it because I know I do. I'm wearing it right now. Now let's get to Jim because Jim is going to be sharing a lot of different paranormal type experiences he's had. But it seems like it's been an underlying issue with this dog that's been popping up. You see, he talks about seeing this wild, big dog in Alaska, and it seemed a little bit off. And then as he talks about other experiences, you kind of get the sense that there's this underlying issue here of this dog popping up that we kind of addressed throughout the interview. So let's get to Jim right now. All right. Today, we got Jim on the show. Jim, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing fine, man. Doing fine. So uh, I want to let everybody know that, Jim, you were already on not this podcast, but Hammer Lane Legends podcast, where you came on and shared your experiences of driving overseas for the military. Is that correct? Am I remembering that correctly?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. And so... Uh, That was a fun episode. I always enjoy talking to the guys who are in the military and stuff, whether it's, you know, in transportation or just in general, hearing about their experiences and stuff, because I I find it fascinating. And and to be honest with you, sometimes I feel like I missed out on the boat kind of thing because I didn't go into the military when I I really thought I was gonna and I didn't. So uh, I always enjoy hearing the stories from you guys. So I thank you for coming on the show for that one. Uh, Do you remember
1: what episode that was, by the way? Oh, I believe it was episode six. I'd have to double check it and okay. see.
0: Well, for the audience, uh, he says probably six. So, I uh, why don't you just listen to all the show episodes and you tell me, so,
1: <laughs> but, uh, It's somewhere between one and 13, right? There you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> we just dropped 13. So it's gotta be one of the two. So, um, all right, Jim, so you have some experiences that you want to share f- that are more of the paranormal angle. And, uh, last time we talked to you, we were overseas. And so I think we're going to pick up overseas. Uh, you had a very strange experience in Afghanistan where uh, you you saw some people disappear. What the heck happened?
1: Right. Well, uh, I, when I was in the army, I was a, I was a machinist, uh, fabricator. So we had a lot of welders, a lot of generators and everything that I've, read watched uh they say spirits ghosts whatever you want to call them uh they draw off of electromagnetic fields whether it's batteries uh, equipment stuff like that well with all the all the generators and welders my theory is that it created a bubble you know just a an overcharged bubble for these things to draw off of because it uh working in the shop you know you'd be sitting there uh we'd be working on a a job at night and you could swear you saw somebody walk behind you and you could look and there's nobody there uh there was one night that i was i was in there working and i just lifted up my welding hood and walking in the big overhead door for the shop there's three guys You know, they're, they're walking, they're in uniform, they're just walking in, they get a little bit past our, our part of the, of the building and they just kind of phase out, I guess you could say they just, they go from looking like solid to like, if you're, if you watch somebody walk away in the fog, kind of like that, like they just go out of visibility. So do you think that
0: they were just, you know, do you think it was paranormal activity as in like the traditional, uh, ghosts that just appeared and disappeared kind of thing? Or do you think this was something that was more, um, parallel dimension type of thing?
1: Uh, at the time I've, I've looked at it more along the, the paranormal side, uh, just being where we were, you know, it's, it was a, yeah, you know, we were in Afghanistan. We were in Kandahar. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, there, like I don't remember if I had said in in the Hammerlane Legends episode, but uh, if we needed a part for a vehicle, we would cannibalize it. So we'd go to a vehicle that was blown up or no longer working, and we'd take parts. So you know, I don't know if if something you know, if it was the paranormal side, if something was connected to something that was pulled off, because we were, we shared a, a maintenance facility with all the mechanics. Uh, so we had our corner of the of the shop that was set up for our fabrication shop. And then the rest of it was where they worked on the Humvees and the, the other trucks. So, you know, if it was, a, you know, because you hear about... uh you hear about spirits being connected to objects, like on the the ghost hunter shows, they talk about stuff like that. And I guess there is a possibility that that could be what what was going on.
0: Yeah, I guess there's no real answer as to what it was, uh, but it's definitely intriguing to hear about what you saw. Uh, I think if I saw something like that, I would think that was probably paranormal, uh, at first as well. Uh, they, did these characters look anything like uh translucent or anything like that? Or did they look like just real, real dudes?
1: Uh, when I saw them, I mean, I thought it was guys walking through our shop cause, uh, you know, where they're, you know, I'm trying to think of how to word this, uh, with as many vehicles as we had coming in and out of the shops, uh, people would come in and out. It wasn't uncommon to see people walk through that you didn't recognize. So, you know, like if you're in a, a civilian shop and there are just three random people walking through that you didn't recognize more than likely they didn't belong there. And you, you, you know, you, it would raise up some alarms and you would ask them, Hey, you know, why are you here? But over there it was, you know, they may have had a, a truck in there that was being worked on that they needed to go get some gear out of, or, you know, they needed to go talk to somebody that else in the shop. Uh, There was no office to these shops. You know, you'd go over and talk to the people that were working on your vehicle and that was it. So it wasn't uncommon to see people you didn't recognize. So when I saw them, that's what I figured it was until they, you know, they got past our little area and they just kind of, dissipated
0: <laughs> Jeez. well i mean when you see it did were you scared or were you just more confused
1: uh i don't i don't want to say i was scared more i'd say it was confused like you know what just you know what the heck was that type of thing uh you know there when we were overseas there's a lot of stuff going on uh you know, with our jobs, a lot of our jobs were high priority, even the smaller jobs. So we didn't really have time to to get hung up on stuff.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a very much a go 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 kind of situation, uh, right? You know, I, I I totally get that. So uh, that happens in Afghanistan. Now, you had a very unique experience in Alaska. And it's something that you didn't initially put in the email and right before we started recording, you started talking about it. I was like, no, 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 I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Just wait until we start <laughs> recording <laughs> because I, I hate I hate hearing people's experiences, uh, you know, before we start recording and stuff because I, I, I like sitting here and actually hearing it firsthand. And so uh, why don't you talk to us about your experience out in the Alaskan wilderness?
1: Okay. So... Uh... When I was in the army, I, you know, I was stationed in Alaska. Uh, that's where I met my wife. She grew up up there, and after I got out, we had moved up there to uh, help her. Fan- her dad had poor health, so we went up there to help him. And while we were up there, I figured I'd cash in my my GI Bill and go take some college classes. And uh, so. When I was going to the college classes, you know, and I was going to the university there in Juneau, uh, me and some of my friends, we'd go hiking, you know, we'd go see the area. It's beautiful country up there. It's uh, just, it's it's close to being untouched. You know, it's, uh, the whole city really is just set inside this amazing landscape so there's hiking trails all over and so we go down this hiking trail at night and uh about 200 yards in this trail off the walking in the trail would be on your left hand side there's a clearing where there's no trees it's just short grass and coming in you know i'd, I'd taken notice of this the the clearing and we go past it and about three quarters of a mile to a mile down this trail, we come up to a a bridge. And when we're, we're standing at this bridge and I just have, I have this gut feeling it would not be good for us to go over this bridge. And I just, I could not bring myself to go over this bridge and I'm looking, trying to figure out, you know, see if there's something that I, you know, kind of saw out of the corner of my eye that would raise some bells, uh, something like that. And I couldn't really see anything. So I tell my friends that, you know, if they can keep going if they want, but I'm going back to the car from there. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and turn around. And. I guess they'd been having kind of the same feeling. So they turn around with me and we're walking back. Well, that clearing, when we get back up to it, you know, it's on the right hand side of us now. And as we're coming up on it, I can see this mass in there. It's kind of the shape of a dog kind of hunkered down. Like it's kind of trying to hide, but not really like it's just, you know, you can see the silhouette of it. You can't make out detail. Uh, it was very smooth. And as we get closer to it, I can start to kind of make out detail. You know, make out where the head is as opposed to the body. Uh, I can kind of see the eyes. Yeah, you know, there was no like glowing eyes or anything like that. But I could see where it's looking. And the way we were walking, it was my friend Christian on the left-hand side of me then i was in the middle and then my friend darcy she's on the right-hand side of me but this whatever it was it was watching her you know it was watching darcy so i go and i move to the other side of her just kind of out of instinct i put myself on that side of the trail and keep them moving and i asked them if they saw that and they asked me if you know saw what? Well, to them, they just saw an empty clearing, and the shape of the thing's head—it was very, the the head was very dog-shaped. You know, it had the pronounced snout, the the point of the ears. Uh, but whatever it was, it was it was watching Darcy, and when I changed spots, it kept watching her and it watched us walk past we get back in the car and we went back to the dorms from there
0: what do you think it was
1: the the only thing that i've you know the only just you know any oh man (laughs) don't be shy Uh,
0: you're on the confessionals we talk about weird things here it's okay no i
1: know (laughs) uh when I was talking to them about it, I had described it as a hellhound because it, you know, I was for what, for whatever reason I saw it, they didn't, I don't know why it was watching her and you know, it was, it's a, it had a hundred percent attention focused. It was not looking away. It was, it was locked on. Uh, so I'm not sure. I don't know. The, the, I had done some some looking up on stuff and going off of what it you know, the shape of it, the size, is it it was big. You know, I'm I'm not a big guy. I'm about five foot five and a half on a good day wearing shoes. <laughs> and oh shoot, at the time I think I was weighing in about two thirty. And, you know, I, uh, I was pretty big into lifting weights. I mean, I wasn't small, but I'm, you know, I'm not a tall person, but I mean, it came up better part of three quarters of my height. And, you know, there's bears in the area, but if it was a bear, they would have seen it and its head was not shaped like a bear. You know, the, the bears, their ears are more rounded. This had the very pronounced pointed ears. And its snout was was not a bear snout.
0: So, all right, you have this experience. And uh, so uh, from what it sounds like, it was on all four, correct?
1: Uh, it was more in a laying position than on all fours. It wasn't standing.
0: So it was, a, uh, it was a laying position and it was that big?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like, you know how when... Like when an animal, uh, whether it's a dog, cat, whatever, when they're stalking something, how they kind of hunker down. Yeah, uh, their their back legs are are cocked back, their front legs are are bent, and they're they're lower to the ground. Uh, that's that's about how it was standing. Jeez,
0: yeah, I. That actually draws a picture really well as to uh, the experience right there. Uh, that's <laughs> that's huge. So because I'm thinking of myself, well, may- maybe it was a wolf, and I was going to ask you, you know, did it did it show any characteristics of being paranormal? Yeah, the massive size. The massive size
1: is yeah. your key. Holy crap! Well, and that's and that's what that was the main thing that bothered me about it was the sheer size of it, and that they didn't see it, they didn't react to it when I saw it. And when I asked them about it, you know, they remembered looking in the clearing and they didn't see anything there. So what do you think,
0: what do you make of that? I mean, do you think this was a, an apparition or a very physical thing? I mean, uh, people talk about the idea of dog man being more of a supernatural, uh, being. Do you think that's a possibility here or, or what?
1: Uh, I don't know a lot about the whole, the whole dog man thing, but everything that I've heard is it's more upright, you know, it's a more bipedal. Uh, I mean, you may, I'm sure you've heard more about it than I have. Uh, to me, it seemed very physical. Uh, you know, there was no, like, it wasn't like, like when I think of something not being very physical, it, I think of it being kind of translucent, uh, almost having that, like a shimmer to it. Like, like how people, uh, describe the predator shimmer you know i've seen some you know i've seen things kind of like that where there's something there but at the same time it's not there but this didn't have that this was very it looked very solid to me
0: interesting very interesting and it never moved or anything it just it stayed hunkered down
1: yeah i mean it stayed in the position that it was in it just it it moved its head tracking our movement you know its head stayed with us through our our pace.
0: And and how far were you from it, roughly?
1: Oh, I'd say between thirty and forty feet. Oh, that's
0: really close. That's really close. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's it's closer than I cared to be.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, in one leap, it probably it's right there with you.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So, oh. but I mean, I just kind of you know after I asked them, you know, do y'all see that over there? And they said no. I said, well yeah you know let's pick up the pace let's let's get on back to the car. I'm, no, I think we need to get home. <laughs>
0: yeah, they say no, you say good, but let's get moving <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. holy cow, wow, that's crazy. um, so do you think that that's something is there a possibility that maybe you imagined it or do you think it was something that was just on a paranormal level? I mean clearly, if they didn't see it and it was that big, there's something paranormal was going on
1: I mean there's I guess with any of this type of stuff there's always the chance that it was in my head you know there's there is that chance but with things that I've seen in the past uh, you know i I have a I have a kind of an open mind about it and it's I don't know it's it's hard to it's hard to articulate what I'm trying to say uh, I feel like it was that there was something to it You know, whether it was physical or not physical, I feel like there's a reason that I was able to see it and they weren't, you know, I'm sure if, if there was something there, I'm sure there's a reason why they were not able to see it. And I was, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. And, uh, I mean, I, I lean towards the idea that, I mean, unless it was in your head, which only you would know maybe, but I mean, if it was, If it was really there, I mean, it seems like it's a paranormal thing because of the fact that nobody else saw it. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, and I don't know if you would take comfort in that or not. I mean, it's like, well, at least there wasn't a giant dog there to chomp chomp my head off. But <laughs> at the same time, there's a giant dog appearing that was just appearing, and um, uh, to you, I should say. But it right. it is interesting that you know, I've said this before on the show, but you know, I've noticed a trend of these dogs popping up in paranormal situations where uh, I wouldn't say it was your classic dog man situation where it's walking on two legs out in the woods or something like that. But like a lot of times, like these dogs are popping up in people's homes and just very paranormal type experiences, but with a dog. And uh, it, maybe you had a similar experience as to some of these people when it comes to this dog-like entity popping up.
1: Right. Well, and I don't know if you remember me talking about the, the friend of mine that was really tall, uh, when I, when we were talking last time, not offhand. Okay. Well, in high school, he was around six, eight, uh, give or take a little bit. Uh, now he's significantly taller than that. Uh, I don't think he's hit seven foot, but I mean, he's close to it. Uh, well, right after I got out of high school, we spent a lot of time hanging out and my mom and dad, they've got a, a decent chunk of land. Well, I had just taken a bunch of old food scraps out to the back of the field and, you know, just, uh, vegetable peels, stuff like that. You know, we'd go dump it in the back of the field for the birds and the pigs, you know, whatever's out there. And I had driven out there and I dump out this, this bowl of food scraps and the back it's uh it's one mile all the way around the property you know from the gate you go all the way around the property and back to the gate that's one I think 1.2 miles so I'm on the back stretch of fence about halfway down it and I start getting this feeling in my stomach it feels like somebody grabbed a hold of my stomach with their fist and they're just twisting it and the further down I go the worse it gets to the point where I can't you know I can't go any further. Well the bowl that I had it was one of my mom's nice Pyrex big bowls or a big Pyrex mixing bowl and it's one of the one of those dishes that if you break it or you lose it something like that you're going to be in some pretty serious trouble. So I just take the whole thing I toss it out the window of my truck. <laughs> I turn around and I take off back to the house. Uh, with every intention of never going back for that bull, uh, as I'm going to, getting back, I think my speedometer was right around 65 miles an hour coming down that that side stretch of road on the down the property. <laughs> and my buddy, he comes in, he comes driving in, he's coming to coming to hang out, and he sees the the dust cloud coming up behind me, and he asks, you know, what's going on, and I told him. Well, he grabs his shotgun out of the, out from behind his seat of his pickup and he jumps in the bed of my truck. He said, Well, go over there. Let's see what's, you know, let's see what's going on. So we go back up there and about the same spot where I threw the bowl, he starts banging on the roof of the truck saying, Dude, you need to let me in. We need to get out of here. And I don't know if he had seen something or if he was just getting the same feeling that I had gotten before but he did not want to be there so we take off and we get back to the house you know uh, i had some chores around the property to get done you know feeding animals uh i think fixing some fence well that night another one of our friends comes over and we're putting cb radios in i think i think we were putting it in my truck and the the friend that had gotten there after you know the one that jumped in the bed of the truck we were putting cb radios in our trucks and uh our other friend he shows up he's helping us out well me and me and the friend that had already experienced this we start getting this feeling like we're being watched and we look in the back of the field it's it's nighttime like it's uh Right at the edge where there's there's almost no light left from the sun, but it's like the sun had just gone down below the horizon, so you could still kind of see the silhouette of the fence line, and we could see something going back and forth down this fence line. And he told me, you know, hey, you know, this thing's over there, and uh, I've always been kind of a scientific-minded person. So I told him, well, don't tell, uh, don't tell Critter or the other friend. We call him Critter. We, you know, don't tell him, and we'll see what he says. Well, as time progresses, he starts getting more anxious, a little bit agitated. Something's bothering him. Well, finally, he goes, "Dude, I, I just something doesn't feel right." And so we told, him, you know, at that point, we told him what's going on. And we hop in my truck and I aim the headlights at that back fence. and the shape that was coming towards us was a very similar shape to what I saw in Alaska. So you know the, as far as the size goes and the shape of it, it co- it starts running towards my truck, and whenever I would turn on the headlights, you know when a like when an animal stops it kicks up that dust. Yeah. So whenever I turn on my headlights, you'd see that dust kick up. So the headlights would scare it. It would stop. I'd turn them back off, give it a second and turn it back on. And it had covered a good amount of distance. Uh, But yeah, I don't know how, how much distance, maybe 20 yards or so, but I did that a few times until it was close enough where I didn't want to see what would happen if it got to the truck. So I left the headlights on and we run to the house. (laughs) And, you know, we kind of let it calm down. I guess it went and did whatever it was going to do. And then we went and started driving around town, messing with our radios and didn't really think much about it after that. But having seen that, That's what kind of makes me think it's more not in my head as far as the one in Alaska goes.
0: Well, uh, yeah. So that, (laughs) I mean, at least, wow. Uh, I would have been terrified. I would have been terrified. How how big do you think this thing was when it was running towards you?
1: Oh, man. Uh, The field, it had a lot of scrub brush and the only time that I was really able to see it was when it was by the back field or by the back fence of the field is that, uh, the whole property is, if you're standing at the gate, it's a complete incline, like going uphill the whole way up to the, up to the back fence of the property. So if you're sitting at the, at the workshop, you could look and see the back fence, but, something that's like covering ground. The the brush was tall enough where you wouldn't be able to see me walking through the brush. Like, I don't know if that makes sense.
0: Okay. Well, uh, it sounds terrifying and it sounds like you guys were terrified too. That's why you ran ran away. (laughs) Uh, and you know, man, it, it really sounds interesting comparing it to your Alaskan experience because, uh, I mean, all right. So people, other people have saw it as well this time around. And so, right. you know, was the, man, it's so hard because you were in Alaska and nobody saw it except for you. And this time a, a bunch of people saw it. So do you think maybe it could be two different things that you experienced that just ironically are similar?
1: Well, and that I mean, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards now. Uh, Like looking at a lot of the stuff that's happened, I tried like in the past, I've tried connecting all of this stuff and I don't, a lot of it, I don't think there's any connection. I think it's just isolated incidents, but I think I'm more sensitive to things than other people. So when I see, you know, I, I may, I don't know if it's not more open to it. Uh, Like I may, maybe I pay more attention to, to seeing these things but I'm leaning more towards that, that I'm more open to seeing it. And that's why I see things in different places. Not necessarily that these things are connected.
0: So, Hmm. Okay. So you're more open to seeing these things. I I just don't understand why one group of people see it and the other don't, you know, it's just, it's just very interesting very very interesting i don't want to dwell on this though well, we have more stuff to get to and oh, i could yeah. spend so I, all day just trying to
1: something, that is, something like this it doesn't fit our narrative so when we see it our brain filters it out so like you could see something right there in front of you like it's like when you're looking for your car keys you know you look over, all over the house and but you end up finding them in a spot that you've looked at 15 times you know it's just for for whatever reason you didn't see it
0: yeah so i i'm trying to follow your tra- your your line of thought there with that uh so you're you're saying that it's just like more of a uh situational kind of thing as to whether people see it or not uh
1: more i i, I lean more to more along the lines of whether you're whether you're able to accept it psychologically or not okay Because I think some of this stuff, if some people, if they were to acknowledge that some of this is real, I think it might break their psyche. You know, they're really uh, very narrow-minded. They're very focused on, this is the way this world works. There's no chance that anything outside of this is is even possible. But you know, like with what with what the scientists are looking at now, with the possibilities of parallel dimensions, or you know, they're saying there are parallel parallel dimensions. I think is where they're at right yeah. now. Uh, but they're trying to figure out ways to look into it. Five years ago, if you said that, you'd be a crackpot. Yeah. So, but I think that's kind of what it is. Is if it's outside of what the what you think is normal a lot of people are not able to accept it Uh, because your brain operates on a delay as minimal as of a delay as it is there's still a delay and your brain fills in gaps it's like when you blink or when you look at like when you look from one spot to another really fast uh, your brain fills in these gaps with what it thinks should be there. So I feel like if you see something that's not supposed to be there, if you're not focused on it, you're not going to see it. Like your brain just won't accept that it's there.
0: That, that does make sense because, uh, I know there's a lot of psychological things that go into this that, uh, you know, are, are precursor to the experience. I mean, so it, it really depends on you know, what the person, how the person is set up in the situation as to what they experience. Um, Right. So you and your wife and your oldest son lived in a house that had some pretty bizarre experiences. You want to go into that?
1: Yeah, I can go into that. Uh, So the house that that you're talking about, uh, we lived there... Oh shoot! Maybe six months or so before my son was born. Yeah, uh, you know, so we had time to to set the his room up and you know get situated, ready for you know you know how it is with getting ready for a new baby.
0: Uh, yep, doing it now. Yeah, you know, there's
1: a lot of prep work. Well, we get everything set up. Uh, when we initially looked at this house, the reason you know the main reason we picked it is because it was a three bedroom, and the one of the bedrooms i was i had every intention of it being kind of a game room, you know having it set up as kind of a second living room, just somewhere i guess kind of like a man cave, just somewhere where you can go relax, hang out uh stuff like that, you know uh that way, if like if we had a get together, you know, my wife and her friends could be in the living, in the main living room, and me and my buddies, we could go in there and us not bother each other type of thing, you know. So after we moved in, it got to a point where I couldn't go in that room. I would like I'd walk into that room and I'd start to get dizzy. Uh, and there were a couple times where I'd walk in and start to try to do something and i would have to crawl out of the room because i would be so dizzy well the way this house was it was that that bedroom was at the back of the house then there was a bathroom and then it was the the bedroom that my that we had set up for my son well that the floor in that bedroom for my son it was a linoleum floor and after he was born you know we had the the baby monitor and you know we had the whole you know every, all the new parent stuff you know we were we had it all set up it was good to go we'd be laying in our bed uh on the other side of the house and you know the sound that it makes when you walk on a on a hard floor with a leather soled shoe sure like uh like a pair of cowboy boots or something like that where it's a very prominent heel-toe, heel-toe, uh, but it's that that kind of sharp click as you're walking. We would hear that noise over the baby monitor of somebody walking around in his room. So we'd go in there and we'd check, and there would be nobody there. And, but it, you know, it, it happened several times, and uh, at the time I was an an electrician's. Uh, a, Electrician's Apprentice, and the, uh, I was working at, on one of the bases, the military bases here. Uh, we were putting up a, uh, it was a dental hospital. It was a, a big facility just for dentistry. And our day started, like we had to be tools moving, working at 7 a.m. Well, we lived about an hour away so I'd leave the house about 5:30, so that I could get there, get to the area that I was going to be in. Uh, we'd do our pre-shift meeting, talk about what all needed to be done, and be ready to go as soon as seven o'clock hit, so we'd be able to be working. Well, I'm walking on. I'm walking onto the job site. Uh, what was it? About 6:30 ish. You know, a little bit after 6:30. And my wife calls my cell phone asking if I came home for something. And I told her no. And I asked her why. She said, well, somebody just yelled in the house, you know, is anybody home? And when she went and looked, the door was still locked. Everything was still, you know, everything was just like it was when I left. And our nearest neighbor was maybe a half mile away. I mean, it was a good distance. We lived in the middle of a field. So it's not somewhere that you get to our house by accident, uh, but there was nobody there. And so that, that were, you know, that freaked her out a little bit. Uh, well, a little bit after that, she went back up to Alaska. She took uh, she took Slade, our son, up to Alaska to go see her parents and go visit for a little bit. And it was a Saturday morning, and I was going to sleep in. Well, I hear somebody walk through the house from that back bedroom all the way through the house, through the, the hallway, through the living room, through the kitchen, and down the hallway – to the bedroom door to our bedroom door Well the bedroom door kind of creaks open a little bit, not much, just enough to where you could hear it. And then you hear footsteps in the bedroom and then you can feel the weight of somebody sit down on the bed.
0: And this is while you were in the bed.
1: This is, Yeah, I was in the bed. Yeah, I was playing. I had every intention of sleeping in that day. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. No, no, definitely. I was definitely awake at that point.
0: Wow. You know, I, I've had, uh, friends and family say similar things to me where they felt something or someone sit at uh, the bottom of the bed. And, uh, I've never had that experience, but I can't imagine how unnerving it is because when you're in your bed, it's like, that's your your comfort zone. It's it's yeah. Where that, that's your safe alive. place. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you're supposed to be all hide underneath the covers and everything's fine. And then you have something that you can't yeah. see sitting on the bed on top of the covers. It's like uh, <laughs> something doesn't belong here. So <laughs> yeah, wow. Well,
1: so, at that that same house, I think uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit before you before we started recording. That's the same house that one of my friends uh whenever he would come over he did not like being outside after dark because there were oak trees that surrounded the house well you'd be standing out there you know he smoked uh cigarettes so he'd want to go outside well we had a motion sensor light on the front of the house he would not go outside of that light And about every minute or so, he'd wave his hands at that light to make sure that it stayed on. Because those trees that were right at the edge of the light, if you sat there and watched them, you could see a figure poke out behind the tree like it's looking at you and just kind of watching you. And that was every time we were out there, we'd see that. Every time? Every time.
0: So you're talking, if I'm understanding correctly, you're saying that like this wasn't broad daylight, right?
1: No, no, this was, this was at night. Uh, But the light on the front of the house, it would light up our yard. Yeah. (laughs) Because the, the field that we lived in, the yard around the house, it had a barbed wire fence around it to keep the cattle out of the, out of the yard for the house. Outside of that fence, were the oak, the big oak trees. I mean, there's you. if you went to put your arms around them, you wouldn't be able to touch fingers on the other side. I mean, they were that. They were big. But you could see... And it wasn't just one tree. It wasn't just one figure. I mean, it was... You'd see one behind one tree. And while you're watching that one, you'd see another one on the other side of the yard. You know, I'm down the fence line a little bit, poke its head over there. And, I mean, it was it was a very prominent thing that we would see.
0: Jeez. And and so, (laughs) I mean, do you think this was, again, do you think this was something paranormal or something physical? Do you think this was a monster or a spirit or what?
1: This one, that house, uh, it was one mile away from this church that was at the end of the road. Like it's, uh, it's black Creek church. And about a half mile away from that is Black Creek Cemetery. And ever since I can remember, you know, you know how you have your little hometown ghost stories?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: One of ours in this area is that that church is a portal to hell. Well, that's not good. No, no. (laughs) Now, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily believe that. But I do think that there's a lot of stuff that happens in that area that would lead people to think that uh, there was a we lived there right after i got out of the army out of active duty uh so we lived there and so i was still uh running on a regular basis well from our driveway to the corner where that church was it was one mile exact So I would run from our driveway, you know, I'd walk down the driveway and then I would start my run. I'd run down to the end, turn around and come back. And by the time I got back, you know, I'd hit my two miles. One of the times that I was running, I had my iPod, you know, I had my, my earbuds for my iPod in and I'm running and about waist height in the brush line on the, on the left hand side of the road, I could see a head kind of poke out of the out of the brush and watch me as I go past it. And the first time I saw it, I didn't think anything of it. But once it was out of my peripheral vision, I see it pop up about 100 yards in front of me the same way it had the first time. It pokes out and it would watch me run past it. And as soon as it's out of my peripheral vision, it would pop up 100 yards in front of me. And the best description of that face. Uh, have you ever seen a Damascus goat?
0: No, I have not.
1: Uh, it's interesting. I I was talking to a buddy of mine about these goats today. Uh, they're, they're bred to be ugly. Uh, Oh, those really
0: nasty looking ones that have like a big giant forehead.
1: Yeah. It looks like their face is melting off of their skull.
0: (laughs) Yes. I didn't know what they were called.
1: Yeah. It's, its face was very similar to that, like the way it's the way it was shaped uh, and like i said if it if it had happened once, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. but for it to happen, you know, I run past it, and as soon as I'm not able to see it anymore, it pops up in front of me again, and it did that the whole way down this road for I'd say the better part of three quarters of a mile.
0: Well, that's a really ugly thing to be seeing while you're jogging.
1: Well, needless to say, I never ran that route again.
0: No, no, I, I would <laughs> say not. I mean,
1: uh,
0: you know, if I if I were you, I'd just stop going outside. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I, I would just stay inside and uh, Netflix and chill for a while. So, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> my
1: lord. Well, uh, the you know, I don't know like I know y'all on your show y'all have, you've talked about generational stuff before. Yeah. Uh, my, my oldest son, the night that my, uh, my older brother, he passed away, uh, back in 2012. Uh, he, he was in a house fire and he wasn't able to get out. Yeah, you know, he passed away well, about a half hour. I was living in Alaska when that happened. Uh, my older son, my oldest son, I think he was maybe two and a half years old. Uh, if that, I think he was going on two years old. He was old enough to, to talk, but like you could understand what he was trying to get across to you, but it wasn't like real well. Uh, so I was sitting there, I was playing Xbox and I hear him get up out of his bed And so I went and I, I went to check on him and he's staring at the corner of his room. He's just standing there staring at the corner of his room and, uh, I asked him, you know, what's going on. And he said, uh, he said, uncle Matt said that everything is going to be okay.
0: That's, uh, that would be disturbing if I heard my kids say that. How'd you feel?
1: Oh, well, a half hour after that. Uh, I got the phone call.
0: Oh, so you didn't even know yet?
1: No, I didn't even know.
0: Wow. I guess he came and visited your son?
1: That's, that's the way it seems to me.
0: <laughs> How does that make you feel?
1: Uh, I think it, it makes me feel pretty good about it, uh, you know, about that. Uh, and the short amount of time that they had together, they were... You know, he he was real close. You know, they me and my brother, we had a really close relationship as it was. Uh, even with me living in Alaska, we'd talk every day. You know, we'd talk on the phone every day. I had talked to him earlier that day, and uh, he was supposed to – he was actually fixing the roof on my grandparents' house that day, and he was going to call me back that evening but he you know he never got the chance but you know he everything he did was for other people uh you know he was all about helping his friends his family and anytime uh, the we would take my son over there he would come over to our house you know you just see his face light up uh my my brother's face and my son you know they were they were close you know, they they had a good relationship with each other. So I feel I feel like there was a you know, he was coming over to to say, you know, everything is gonna be good to go, you know, it's it's okay. So Yeah. But then my youngest, I didn't see this myself, but my wife had said he's sitting on the couch one day, staring down towards his chest, laughing and He's just saying, ha, you know, it's, it's coming up out of my chest. And she said it was like, he was describing like a light coming up out of his chest and, you know, he, he describes things like that, uh, not so much anymore, but he used to say stuff about stuff like that pretty frequently.
0: Jeez. That's, 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 that's a little disturbing. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, if there's light coming out of his chest, like, why? You know?
1: uh, I, I don't.
0: Hey, yeah, 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 dude, you got some interesting stories, my man. Holy cow, <laughs> holy cow. Uh, listen, you are um, you you were talking. Well, we were talking beforehand. And we were going over some of the stuff uh that we were going to be talking about and you said about your childhood and how you had uh shadow people experiences was that something that was a regular thing in your childhood
1: uh it was it was regular enough for me to take notice of it you know the house the house that we lived in we lived in a two story house and any house that has stairs in it you know there's those like you get to where you know the sound of the stairs Uh, depending on what sound comes up, you can tell where somebody's at on the staircase. My bedroom was right at the top of those stairs. And at night, you know, I'd hear the progression of the sounds like you, I wouldn't hear the foot, like a foot making contact with the stair, but I'd hear those progressions of sounds that the stairs made when you put pressure on them. Like, right. uh, Does that make sense? Like I wouldn't hear the impact of a foot with the stair, but I'd hear the stair compress. Yeah. Okay. So when I'd hear that, I'd look out and I would see, you know, I could see a shadow of a person on the stairs, but it, you know, that one, it, it never seemed, it was just more something that was just there. It didn't seem like it was. There was a purpose to it. It was just something that was happening.
0: I feel like when people are kids and stuff, they're more susceptible and they're more open to experiences and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I, I wonder sometimes if it's just the lack of of life experience that allows us to consume things and retain it. Because mm-hmm. like if like, it's not like you were that old, you know, so you didn't have a whole lot of life experience. So like those kind of things stuck out to you. Right and and as time goes on and stuff, life picks up and and you're just not really focused in as much as to the small details.
1: Yeah, that would make sense to me.
0: <laughs> so, so I, I'm assuming there's more. There's more you you uh, experienced.
1: Yeah, at that house, uh, this particular incident, I was in. Uh, I was actually in middle school. I think I was in seventh grade. Uh, we had had a dog. It was, a. it was, he was a boxer and, oh man, I was maybe five when we got him. Uh, well, he had gotten sick and he died and the night that he had died, uh, I was downstairs watching TV, you know, it was a, a weekend or something. I was staying up late watching TV well for the past two days the dog hadn't we'd had to feed him with a turkey baster like we'd have to blend up the food with water and basically force feed him because he didn't have the energy to get up and move and i was getting ready to go upstairs to to go to bed and i look at the big sliding glass door in our dining room and he's standing there at the door you know wanting to play but it wasn't – it didn't look like him. It looked like – like, you know how when you're looking at a window and you see your reflection in the window? Yeah. How it's it's very translucent. Like, it's, you can tell it's a reflection. It's not a physical person standing on the other side of that window that you're seeing. That's what this looked like. It didn't look like he was standing there. It looked like he was on the inside of the window facing out, and I was seeing his reflection. Interesting. And then the next morning uh, we were getting ready to go to school and my brother went out there to go check on him and he had come in and told me hey, you know, don't go back there, don't go you know uh, he told me not to go back there me being a curious kid, you know, little brother I'm not, you know, whatever I went back there and sure enough he had passed away that night before uh, I don't know what time but I'm ass- I'm assuming it was before I saw him because it did not look like a a physical dog on the other side of that window.
0: <laughs> so you I'm noticing a trend of dogs here in your life.
1: Yeah, I've always I've, I've always had a a connection with animals. Uh I've always loved animals. Uh I've always had them around. So I don't know if it's something to do with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people love animals.
1: (laughs) Well, growing up, uh, one of the things about when I was growing up, if we wanted a pet, we were allowed to get it. It didn't matter what it was. Uh, I've had everything from snakes, tarantulas, scorpions, iguanas, uh geckos uh sugar gliders ferrets pretty much any any animal that's not that doesn't cost an arm and a leg to get a hold of and is legal to have in the united states we've had it as a pet jeez (laughs) but one of the stipulations that my parents would put on it was we have to know uh, how to take care of it So we would have to do our research, you know, know what it's going to eat, know how to take care of it, know what it's, you know, if it takes an aquarium, we need to know what to have in the aquarium with it. You know, that type of thing.
0: You know, you're reminding me of the Tiger King, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs>
0: Anything and everything. If it's legal, we got it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Too funny, man. Listen, uh, I, I think there's something I don't, I'm not, obviously not connecting the dots, but it it definitely feels like there is a trend with the animals, the dogs in your life, uh, more so than most people. And so, uh, very interesting stuff. And I, I, I don't know what to make of some of it because sometimes it's physical and other people see it. Sometimes it seems physical, but nobody else sees it. But one thing's for sure. It's very interesting. And dude, thanks for sharing.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Well, that's
0: the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please go ahead and share the show. I don't care where you share the show or how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it, because that's the best thing you can do to help the show grow. And if you feel so inclined, go to your podcast playing app, whichever one you listen to, and uh, look around and see if there's a uh, way to rate and review the show on there. You can go ahead and do that and help the show out as well. If if you hate me and you hate the show, though, please... uh please stay away from the rating and review section because, uh, well, that's just mean to leave one-star reviews and nastiness. So uh, I appreciate your courtesy and just moving along. Well, until next week, friends, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free. But 1st it I'll piss you off. Bye.
2: I keep looking for something I can't get Broken hearts lie all around me and I don't see Get out of there Her diary sits on the bedside table The curtains are closed The cat's in the cradle And who would have thought that a boy like me Could come to this Surface, I'm a name on a list I try to be Discreet but then Blow it again I've lost and found It's my final mistake She's loving by proxy No giving, no take Cause I've been thrilled To fantasy One too many times